Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. We've got something a little bit different planned this morning. Uh, we thought as it was Darcy's dedication, uh, we would tie it into our teaching series on real. We've been looking at some real tough topics, some challenging topics. So today we're going to talk about parenting. If you're a parent, you know that's a tough topic. And you're hoping, hope they've got all the answers. Ah, could be awkward. Um, but I've invited Lottie and myself. We're going to do this together. It's a bit of a conversation, a little bit different to normal. You get to listen. Is that okay? Um, it won't be like our normal conversations. We've sort of scripted a few things uh, just to make sure we, we don't go off track or end up in a massive argument in front of you all. Uh, that'd be terrible. But anyway, um, Lottie, over to you. Hello. And I'm pleased to say that I'm safely on a stool this morning, not turning around. That's fantastic. For those of you who weren't here, Lottie ended up spinning around in circles last time she was on that stool. Anyway, over Good. to you. Lottie. Tell us a bit about our family, for those who don't so, know. Yes. Yeah, so we have got four children. I think they're here today. We've got two boys, Zach and Levi. Zach is 20. Levi's 17. We've got Flo and Jemima. Flo is 14 and Jemima is 10. So that's a little bit about us. And I guess that before I had children, I was a nursery nurse and I had all sorts of ideals. I had uh, a list of rules in my own head that I was going to do and also some things that I definitely, definitely was not going to do. And uh, I remember reading an article just a couple of years ago and it was entitled, uh, it was entitled, I apologise to the parents I judged four years ago. And it really resonated with me because I had all these ideals and they were just that, they were ideals. As soon as I had my own children, I realised what it was really like. Now, we know this is a massive topic. Uh, we know there'll be all sorts of people in the room here with different exp- experiences of being a parent or not being a parent, wanting to be, unable to be, of maybe disappointed with your own parenting. We appreciate it's a massive thing. And we're not sitting here as experts. We really are not as experts. But we do believe that God's got something to say about parenting. God is our Father God, and the Bible talks a lot about parenting, how we should bring up our children. And we just want to raise some of those thoughts with us today. We're not going to try and tell you all the answers, but maybe point towards some of the places you can look for those answers. We've got a few resources to share with you, um, some organizations we can point to. um, But just, yeah, we are definitely not here going, we have got this parenting thing absolutely nailed down. And to prove that point, we have asked our children to do a short video. So please have a look at this. We are being open and vulnerable with you all. <laughs> Here I'm we not go. sure this is a good idea, but we'll, we'll find out. My favourite thing personally is our family dinners. Um, every night we try and eat together, and that's great because you can kind of catch up with everyone's day and um, see how that went for everyone, which is nice. Um, second great thing is how they obviously like to get involved with my life and, uh, well, for example, play FIFA with Dad. That's good fun, even though I sometimes uh, often beat him. Uh, the bad things about mum and dad. <laughs> this one's quite a funny one. Um, bad things about mum and dad. Sometimes it gets a bit stressful at home. Um, you can have times where there are shoes left out or dishwasher unstacked. And it's okay because it's nobody's fault according to dad. But apparently it's someone's fault. Um, second bad thing. Obviously it took me ages to come up with these. Not 30 seconds. Um, <laughs> we have this thing that we joke about called family enforced fun. Um, basically, after we have our meal time, Dad would force us to play a game or something like a card game on Monopoly or something, and that's not always what we want to be doing with our evenings. Um, other than that, I think my parents are great and I love them so much. Um, two of the best things about Mum and Dad one would be that they always listen to ideas or things that we have in mind, or like if we just want something for the shop, they'll 
listen like if I ask mum she'll be up for whatever um and then another good thing is that they'll always like support us through whatever like we want to do so I played football for about six years and dad would always come watch my games and yeah just encourage me to do my best in things like that um two of the worst things um, one would be when they get, when they get quite stressy they um they like to you know show it <laughs> um but so like when we'll go on holiday or when dad's unstacking the dishwasher or just it's just little things but um yeah it can get a bit tense in the household <laughs> I'm sure that's the same for many and then another bad thing would pro probably be that like big decisions can be kept quiet until they're kind of made so moving house we weren't really told until like it was confirmed or um you know, extensions on the house, just just big things are kind of, which I guess is probably best in most situations, but now I'm older, I like to be kept in the loop, I guess. But yeah. Uh, my two favorite things about mum and dad is that they're loving and supportive and mum has a really nice taste in clothes. My two worst things about mum and dad is sometimes they're unfair and sometimes they completely bank out what I'm saying. Like at dinner, I'll be saying something and they'll just completely ignore me and just start talking to me, me. <laughs> but we love them and they're pretty cool. Um, my two best things about mum and dad, my first one is how kind they are. And my second one is um, how we all love to have a bit of a laugh together. My two worst things are, number one, they can get grumpy sometimes. <laughs> and number two, they can talk about work a lot. But all in all, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice, though, the dishwasher came up twice, Sim. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. In the dishwasher, not near the dishwasher, is a frequent line that comes out of my mouth. But oh, there we go. So when we had our first child, Zach, was 20 years ago, there was no Google. Can you believe it? There was no Google. There was no YouTube. We didn't have a manual. There was just nothing, was there? So we were, felt like we were fending for ourselves. But we did have lots of great people around us. And my lovely mum was absolutely fantastic at helping us out too. So, uh, so. And I remember Sim. that moment. And it probably if you've got children, you remember that first child moment. And I, I remember when Zach was born and... And we took him out of the hospital when they were brand new from Halfords, those polystyrene, really cheap children's seats you get. I'm, I'm sure they're probably illegal now. And we carried them out. I remember the moment I was carrying them out really carefully out of the hospital. And I thought, any moment now, somebody will stop me and say, where do you think you're going? Because I just didn't feel like I, I had any idea what I was going to do. I didn't know why anyone would allow me. I mean, I was 25 years old. Why would I be given responsibility of this important life? And I drove home, like at 10 miles an hour, gripping the, you know, the steering wheel with white knuckles. And I remember we got home, and we sat this new baby in the middle of the lounge. And we sort of looked at it and went, now what? Yeah, help. Now what? I mean, help was, was absolutely true. And as I said, many friends and family were really kind and gracious and, and pointed some things out to us. Uh, but what does the Bible say as well about children and parents, Lot? Yes, yeah, so there's a great bit here in Ephesians. It's Ephesians 6, 1 to 4. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. Honour your father and mother, 
This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honour your father and mother, things will go well for you and you'll have a long life on earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Amazing. That's a great line, parents, isn't it? You can then say to you, you don't live long in this world? Yeah. Then honour me. It's, it's in the do Bible. The dishwasher. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my dad's favourite verse, who definitely didn't spare the rod, um, even that might be in borderline legal, then I'm not sure, but he, that spare the rod and, and spoil the child. You heard that phrase before? That well-known Bible verse? It's not in the Bible. Sorry to ruin it for you. There is, a, there is a verse that's similar, but it's a misquote from a 17th century poem. Uh, but actually, there is a verse, Proverbs 13, says, Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Oh, this is getting a bit awkward. Going to bring back smacking or something. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Or a more modern version of the Bible, the message says this, A refusal to correct is a refusal to love. Love your children by disciplining them. Love your children. I think sometimes discipline has a bad name. But actually discipline is about creating a possibility of, of almost um, getting them ready for what's to come. And, and actually you know, preparing them for, for life ahead. Absolutely. And, and to get them to be obedient when they hear the Lord's voice. You know, I think uh, he loves us to discipline our children so that they'll listen to him and be obedient to him too. And we're really reminded that every child is so different. I think when I was expecting, I was thinking, if I do this all right, if I do everything by the book and I do it all right, then it will work out. But actually, a lot of it is nature and a lot of it is, you know, nurture other way around, is nature. And our children, for sure, were all born with different personalities and identities. Oh, yes. And it's such a privilege and a pleasure to try and get to know them uh, as they get older and you, you get to know their characters. And what's right for one child isn't always right for another. What's right for our children might not be right for yours. And what's right for one of our children might not be right for another one of them. Um, it's fascinating, isn't it? And when it came to things like discipline, we soon learned that sitting them on the stairs for one minute per year of their life, that's a little parent tactic some people use, it worked for some of our children. And some just thought it was the best thing ever in the world. And they would love just sitting there and just kind of teasing their brothers or sisters who would be in the vicinity. And it was almost like a bit of a treat. And we thought, this isn't really working. We might have to think of a new system for some of our children. And, and going to the bedroom, you used to love going to your bedroom, didn't I you? I sent to my room, it was the best thing. I'd get a book, I'd read, and I'd be like, this is amazing, I'm in trouble. Um, so, so maybe discipline works differently for different children. Now, talking about discipline, I know I'm going off the oh script a little bit, but do you remember when we went back to your parents for lunch when we were married, and you got sent down from the table? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true. My, my, so my older brother and I, we were... <laughs> down from the table he had to go and stand in the hallway and I don't know how old you were about 24 in mid-20s yeah me and my brother got in trouble Brilliant. we were sent down from the table uh, so you're never too old to get in trouble with your parents uh, I wonder what are your story you're going to tell then sorry yeah it's dangerous isn't it there it's dangerous inviting stories. me up yeah. here Sim <laughs> But it's okay, because we don't need to have all the answers. We certainly don't. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's so important, isn't it, to be part of a community. Community like this, having people around you to ask. Having people that are a little bit further down the line than you, that you can say, what did you do about this? And, you know, help me out here. Um, it's just so important. And we really value people in our lives like that, don't we? And I love the fact that God made every child in his image. Each one of us, we made in his image. He, he made us. And I love the fact he's made us all different, and yet we're still all out of his image. We are like him, but we are all very, very different. He loves us all the same. It's an incredible thought that 
our Father God loves everyone the same, even though we're wired very differently. And I think he celebrates our differences. I don't think he's looking for a uniform person that looks identical to the next person. And we must, with our children, with those around us, celebrate the differences we all bring. Uh, Lottie, you've got a couple of uh, books there, I noticed. I have. Um, One of them I haven't actually got here, but we wanted to recommend. And it's called Raising Faith by Andy Frost and Catherine Hill, Care for the Family. We have found Care for the Family to be fantastic, yes. haven't we, Sim? Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. And um, we've got a couple of resources. I'll show you that one in a minute. But this one, this isn't Care for the Family, but this is a fantastic book. I think we promoted it here a couple of years ago with the children's team and it's called Parenting Children for a Life of Faith. Absolutely brilliant book. Whatever stage really that your children are at, this is a really practical way of um, pointing them to Jesus and practical things you can do. So that's a good one by Rachel Turner. So it makes us think about church, doesn't it? How do we get our children to love church, love being part of this community? What do you think, Sim? I find it fascinating that I can get my children to school by nine o'clock most of the time. But when it comes to getting them to church by 10.30, what's that that about? There's often more challenges on a Sunday morning. You know, that phrase, easy like Sunday morning. Um, It isn't always easy like Sunday morning in our house. And especially because I do have different responsibilities here at the church, trying to get here on time. Um, trying to make sure we're all arriving and we're all <laughs> dressed appropriately and yeah. no one's worn the clothes they wore last uh, night or something. I don't know what it is about Sunday mornings, but it's the one morning in the week that can be quite stressful. It's the one morning when maybe somebody might tread in dog poo or something will just happen on the way to church. <laughs> and it's just a bit annoying, isn't it? I always remember when I had the children really little and, um, and it was a bit of a struggle getting out. I think I was feeding and the baby was crying and eventually got to church and I was aware that I was a little a bit late it was probably like 20 to 11 this was our old church this is not our church here and uh, I got there and I always remember being greeted on the door by somebody saying good afternoon and it just made my heart sink and I just thought oh dear I you know I already felt like I was doing it on my own a little bit and to get to church and then that to be your greeting was just like oh why did I bother really and it's worth saying to those, I know we've got, we got some great welcomers here at the church, those on big team. Let's look out for those who've got small children. I love the fact we've got the buggy row at the back there and we've got the overflow uh, with the TV screen and stuff. Let's make sure we look out. You know, it, uh, those of you who lost me on the church with very small children, it's a very tiring time of life. It is hard work. We want to make sure we're a supportive community. Look out for others and care for what we say because it's amazing how things do linger in your mind, those sort of comments, and make sure you welcome people properly. Look out for people and say, you okay? Can I help you? Can I do something to serve and support you at this time um, rather than you know, sort of criticising. I remember I'd often go to church by myself because I would go and have responsibilities and Lottie would then come along later with all the children. And um, my boys would like to come with me though. And I used to get there early and we used to, we used to clean the toilets together and my boys would argue over who got to go with dad to clean the toilets. Uh, I was like, seriously, uh, you know, I, I kind of have to go, you don't have to. They would want and they would, they would fully love participating in serving at church. Shame it doesn't stretch the dishwasher doesn't stretch the dishwasher but I was going to say a nice thing about my children because this morning um, my son Levi is there at the back doing the sound this morning and he was leaving uh, just gone just before half past eight this morning and I wasn't even ready and I thought this is interesting I'm not ready for church and he is all ready and he's out there he's serving 
And I think, you know, to get your kids involved with serving through the life of the church is a really important thing to do. And, and even at a young age, I, I thought it was great last week, Dave and Wendy Newman were on big team, and their daughter Mia was helping on the welcome and helping serve on team. Your children are never too young to get involved in serving and participating. Rather than seeing a church as something we attend, and an optional do we have to go, it's something we do as a family, and something that we, we, we serve and we participate in together. And to, to find different ways for them to feel like they have something to contribute, not not just something to attend and watch. So a little while ago, a friend of ours, Jo Hargreaves, uh, she leads, leads a church up in Lincoln called Alive Church, and she posted this on Facebook, and we just absolutely loved it. Uh, it's called The Holy Juggle. I call this The Holy Juggle. Perhaps that makes it sound grander than it is, because mostly it's about packing snacks, wiping faces, wrangling clothes onto wriggly objects, hustling yourself out the door, Toilet runs, holding your nerve and your tongue, answering a hundred questions, inevitably accidentally banging someone's head on the car while wrestling small humans into car seats, etc., etc. Easy like Sunday morning is not the theme tune. Amazing grace is, because we need it in bucket loads. It's a juggle, but it is indeed holy. It's where these little people get to see a community of broken and beautiful people meet with God where they hear a voice singing out about grace and hope and mercy, where they get to see the power of commitment and simply just showing up, where they get to be part of something bigger than themselves as they step into the story and be part of the unfolding narrative of good news. Though for a little season of time, it does look a lot like running up and down the church aisles, timing naps like a military operation, sitting in the baby room and wondering why you even came to church today. But it's always worth the juggle and the struggle. Holy things always are. Maybe right now you're showing up more for them than for you. And that's okay. The kingdom is a lot about sowing and investing and a bit about holy plodding. This always precedes the reaping times and the rewarding times. It's a juggle, but a holy one. And if that's you, it won't last forever. There will be a different time and season and story for you to step into soon. If that's not you, how about you offer to look after a little person for a few minutes so a parent can raise their hands in worship or just have a cup of tea? If you're desperate for this to be your season, know that I'm praying for you and God has not forgotten you. Wonderful. I love that. I love that idea. It's the power of showing up, just turning up, showing up. You know, we don't outsource our parenting or our Christian parenting to the church. And I hope you, if you're a Christian parent today, you don't sort of think, well, I'll take them to church on Sunday, hand them over to Freedom Kids, and that'll be there sort of ticked off the list of my Christian responsibility. Um, we are ultimately responsible for our own children and their journey of faith. But I do believe that the, the local church can help us in some of that. And I also want to say this morning, as part of this, I want to say thank you to those who look after our children. I am so grateful for those who run our Freedom Kids program. You know, people spend all week preparing so they can turn up and volunteer their time on a Sunday and so they can serve our children, they can serve our young people. And I'm just so grateful in the midweek youth program that Ben and, and Beth run. I'm so glad that people invest in the lives of children. Thank you to all those parents that, that do pack up all those snacks and try and fit all their, you know, their military precision naps so they can be at church on time. Thank you for making the effort and showing up. Uh, thank you for you know, sometimes having to go without so your children can go with something. I think that's a really, we need to give courage to our parents and not just sort of criticize where things aren't going as well as you think they could possibly go.
I mean, the Bible it doesn't talk a lot about Jesus as a child. It talks a lot about him as a baby, and we celebrate that every Christmas, and the Gospels talk about that, and it talks about Jesus as a man. But there's only really a few verses that talk about Jesus as a child. And it's, it's not a great story. I mean, if you're going to tell a great story of your childhood, then the story of getting lost for three days. I mean, we've lost... Well, yeah. only one, well, one of our of children. Ours, we lost quite a few times, We've, didn't we? We keep <coughs> I think he's a getting time, a hint yet. Oh dear, I remember <laughs> this awful day in IKEA when it was absolutely packed to the seams on a Saturday, and we were going against the flow, and I lost one of them. And to be I, fair, we always go against the flow in IKEA. We do. Yes, you I know those think. arrows in the floor? Mm. Are they optional, or are they just? I just, I always think the shortest way is a different way. Oh, but this particular day was horrible. My heart was sinking and I found, I don't know where you'd gone. I think you'd gone off with some of the others. And I found this member of staff and I said, oh, I've lost my, my child. I've lost them. And there was this thing that came over the tannoy. And I think you were somewhere else in the shop. Did I you hear I heard the it? tannoy message and I thought, I bet that's one of ours. <laughs> and I was right. And then I got into trouble somehow for not being there when it happened. I'm sorry. That's yeah. okay. Uh, but we have lost, yeah, that particular child, number two, um, a few times. Uh, we're trying to make it happen. But Jesus didn't just do it for a few minutes. He did it for three days. He, got, he went missing for a long time. And his parents eventually found him where he found him in the temple. And he's sitting with all the teachers of the law, all the priests and all the clever scholars. And he's sitting there. And uh, when his parents turn up, I mean, they must have been frantic. You know, they've been searching for him for three days. And they turn around and they, get, they find him in the temple. And, and Jesus' response, and I always found this fascinating. I thought, this is like borderline rude. I don't want to accuse the, the Son of the Almighty God as being rude. But he said this, why do you need to search for me? Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? What do you look, you know, why are you looking for me? Of course I'm going to be here. And they didn't understand what he meant. But there's this lovely bit here where he says here, and Mary, his mother, stored all these things in her heart. There's a little moment there. Because why wouldn't I be in my father's house? And I love the idea of our children wanting to be in God's house. It's helping our kids find their home in church. And almost their response would be, why wouldn't I want to be at church? Why wouldn't I want to be participating with God's family? So that's great when they're little and we can kind of keep a little bit of control on them. How about when they go off to school and uh, so they've gone off to school and there's all sorts of outside influences that creep in and it's really hard to know sometimes, isn't it, who they're talking to, what, what influences are going in. It is a scary moment, isn't it, when you, those of you will know, you've got children, you'll know that there's this moment where you think you've got full control of your children's lives and you think you know who they're connecting with and I remember for me when we took our oldest to well I didn't take him wasn't allowed to take him he went to secondary school and suddenly you go from knowing all the parents in the playground you know all the teachers that they're with you know all their friends and then suddenly they go into this kind of big building with hundreds or thousands of children and you don't know what they're doing what they're learning who their teachers are and, and they come back and you try and get communication from them about what they did and you get a few grunts and groans mm. and not much more. And there's this kind of feeling of like, I, I'm no longer, I probably wasn't anyway, but I am no longer feeling like I'm in control and the influences they have around them and, and what happens. And it, and it is a challenge. I remember when we had sleepovers, that was always one of your big concerns of... 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think in all of that, my prayer life has rocketed. <laughs> and I just, um, you know, like we dedicated Darcy this morning, there have been times, often times, that I've just rededicated each one of mine to God again. And, you know, and, and you have to just step back and trust God with your children. Uh, and sometimes that's that's a hard thing, isn't it, to, to give them over to him. But it's a good practice just to keep rededicating them to him and praying that uh, for protection and for... Uh, just for protection, I suppose, over them. Yeah. And there was this bit in the end of Luke 2, that verse as I just read briefly. At the end of Luke 2, verse 52, it says these well-known phrase. It says that Jesus, this boy Jesus, grew in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and with all people. With all people. And it's an incredible phrase that's used there. And I think, you know, we don't see much about Jesus, but we knew that he grew in wisdom, stature and favour. And not just to his father God, but also others were like, I can see this in him. That may be our prayer for our children. And I do want to just quickly give a little plug for King's School. Our kids have all gone to King's School in Fair Oak. We've got many of the teachers I know are part of the church here. Uh, Daphne uh, is somewhere around. Uh, Judith is sort of retired. She's the best school. She's not too biased. And Heather, the head teacher, is here in the school somewhere. I'm not seeing her in Tim Bryars. And uh, we're really grateful to those uh, people in that school who really invest in our children's lives. And that's their logo of the school, their catchphrase, isn't it, of, of growing in wisdom, stature, and favor. But then what about things outside of school? What about, you know, when I was a kid, if, if I wasn't enjoying school, I could come home and I could be safe in my family home. That no one could get me unless they rang on the landline. Remember the landline. Uh, they had to either knock on the door, they had to ring the phone, didn't they? But now it's all changed. Yeah, and this is a huge topic that we could spend ages talking on. But, you know, we're really learning as uh, with our children. You know, we are um, catching, playing catch-up, really, with social media and all of the kind of internet that's just exploded. Uh, it's a massive topic. But, you know, that is causing major anxiety. Just last week, we had the Momo Challenge. I don't know if you heard about that, which turned out to be completely fake. But nonetheless, it really did cause anxiety for children and for parents you know it was a really big deal and it's trying to keep one step ahead it's very very difficult isn't it you know as we're learning and our children are growing up with this stuff and here's the thing as well because say both the parents and anyone who has a home with broadband in it there are loads of practical things you can do there are loads of devices you can buy and there are passwords you can get and there are things that you can do to minimize the risk of your children accessing certain things and uh, you can sit there and look over your shoulders and we have a whole bunch of rules and regulations in our family about knowing the passwords and time they're on and where they charge stuff but can i say this i think this is really important your children will imitate you everyone will copy you you can put all the best devices in place and passwords in place, but you need to help your children learn to be trustworthy and to make good decisions wherever they are because you will not always be there with them. They will not always be in your home where they may be safe and protected. They will be out and about, and I just want to encourage you to don't just try and put in place systems and, you know, kind of practical hardware solutions to, to internet access. Actually find ways to teach your children, your young people, what is right, what is good, and making good decisions, whether they're online or offline. Um, Jesus, uh, sorry, the, Paul, the writer in Ephesians says this, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Love that. We should imitate God with his kids. Our kids will imitate us and the, the people around you will be watching you and they will be copying what they're seeing you doing whatever you think they should be doing and in 1 Corinthians 4 it says oh, 
I'm not writing these things to shame you, but to warn you as my beloved children. For even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you only have one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you, so I urge you to imitate me. And just talking about uh, digital things, we've read this book and we have found it so helpful. Left to Their Own Devices by Catherine Hill. Again, Care for the Family. Really down-to-earth advice. It's really great. Thoroughly recommend that if that's something that you're thinking about. We've also made available loads of uh, leaflets at the back on uh, my left at the back there. If you afterwards you think, I'd love some more information, Care for the Family produced loads of resources. There's a website, careforthefamily.com, and there's different sort of uh, leaflets you can pick up, parenting small children, parenting if you're a step-parent, uh, parenting if you're a single parent. There's loads of different things out. Parenting if you're a grandparent. Um, pick up a leaflet, grab hold of those, and do our stuff. I appreciate time is running away with us. Um, yeah, we're nearly done, aren't we're we? <laughs> almost done. Because we've almost finished off this subject completely, once and for all, nailed it. What do you think, Lot? I'm not sure about that. <laughs> uh, so the next thing we're going to talk about is that children are staying longer in the family home. How do we release our children to become independent adults? Somebody once said to me, we shouldn't really talk about raising children. We should talk about raising adults. It's a great expression, isn't it? We don't want our children to stay as children. We want to be adults. We want to make adult decisions. And I found it fascinating for myself recently. Go, I want my children to be independent. But if they could check with me first before they make a decision, that would be really helpful. Anyone else would like that kind of idea? Like, you know, just sort of a double check before we do anything. Or blind copied into every email or any conversation. But the truth is, I want my children to be independent, to follow God and make good, healthy decisions. And I, I have to do that by releasing them and allowing them to grow up. Yeah, we're, we're kind of at the stage now, aren't we, where we're learning how to parent adults, you know, and it's a different ball game, isn't it? It's, it's when they start driving, yeah, that everything changed. We've yeah. now got four out of six of us are drivers and everything's changed yeah. and we've only got yeah. three cars. Yeah. <laughs> Lottie came out of the house the other day hoping to go somewhere and there were no cars left. No, she had to take her coat annoying. off and get back in the house. <laughs> She's all annoyed. I was like, oh, here we go. A new season has dawned. Absolutely. But what do we do about disappointments? Because obviously, along the way, there will be disappointments. It's part of life, isn't it? And in the Bible, there's a story that we all are very familiar with, I'm sure, most of us, the prodigal son. And uh, how do we deal with disappointments? And I'm aware as well, you know, in this room, we represent so many people, so many of our children. And uh, perhaps there's some of our children that aren't making great choices at the moment. Maybe they're they are prodigals. Maybe they're a long way from God, or maybe uh, they're just a bit indifferent about it all. And I just—I know I'm going a little bit off, off our thing, but I just would love to just take a minute and just lift up those children that we're representing this morning, and just lift them before God. So I don't know if you do that with me now. Let's pray, Father. We just are aware that we represent in this room so many different situations and so many circumstances, and Father, we're so thankful that you entrust us uh, to look after these precious children. Lord, we're so glad that this is how you've designed life. But we just want to lift before you all the children that aren't choosing to do life as we would. Lord, whether they're just a little bit apathetic about things or whether they're choosing a different path for their life right now. Lord, we just pray that you would draw them close. I thank you that you never move, that you are certain and true and that you never change, Father. And I just pray that you would put people in our children's lives that would be fantastic role models for them. Lord, that you draw them 
to you again. Father, you'd help us with the words to say. Give us positive words, Father. And uh, I just pray for each one of those children that are um, not where they, or not where we want them to be with you. Father, we just want to take a minute, just, just in your own uh, thoughts and prayers, I just, just lift them up before God right now. Just give them, give him their names. Sometimes that's all you can do, isn't it? And we just, we give them to you, Father. We thank you that you're a loving God and there's nothing, nowhere we can go that is far from you. Nothing we can do. Thank you that it says in Romans that there's just nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And we claim that for our children. We claim that truth for them. Amen. Amen. I mean, I genuinely believe that those of you who've had children brought up in faith and in church, that that, that, that that heritage lives within them, lives with them. I think, you know, even when we saw Darcy being dedicated this morning, wearing a, a gown that her great-grandparent had worn, I think there's heritage for all of us. Proverbs 22 says, train a child up in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. I genuinely believe as we instill good values and we instill Christian truth into our children, when they're older, they'll remember that. It will resonate within them. Maybe not the way we think it should be or the timing we think it should be in, but God has got a plan for all of their lives. We need to wrap these things up now a lot, but I'm just aware, um, what about, um, what, what, we need to finish this off. What have you yeah. got for us okay. last week? So, so we're so grateful for our children. What a blessing and what a gift they are to us. Uh, but also where, you know, People may have wanted children, it may not have happened for them, or we may have got older and we're now grandparents. Uh, So what about those of us here this morning that aren't parents at the moment? Yeah, I was thinking about this a lot as we were preparing, because I was thinking, now, this is, is this talk going to be helpful to people, useful to people? But I really felt like to say, uh, this is relevant because this is about us being an example to others. That as, as Christians, uh, if, you are, uh, if you are someone here today who you say, I'm a follower of Christ, we are responsible to imitate Christ, we've already talked about. But as a parent and as an adult, as a part of community, we have responsibility to go first and to set good examples to others. And maybe even to help those out who are parents, to say, oh, actually, can I help you for a few minutes? Can I you know, look after your children? You know, uh, could I support you in some way? Could I provide something to sort of help you as you're trying to struggle with those early years? And I just remember, you know, there's words of Jesus where Jesus sort of talked about how he only ever did what he saw the Father doing. That he looked to his Father God and then he imitated him. And that for us to be going, right, could we be looking to our Father God and then be helping by serving others? To be standing in the gap, uh, as Jesus talked about. He only saw what he saw, the, well, he only did what he saw the Father doing. Um, there's also this uh, verse in Titus as well. Um, to in- we encourage you as young people to live wisely, to be an example to others by doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching. What we do is seen by many others. What you do is watched by your children, by your spouse, by your friends, by your parents, by those around you. And I want to encourage us as a church and as a people here today, whatever your story might be, you can be an example. You can be a father-like or mother-like figure to someone else. You can help somebody who is isolated. Maybe their parents don't live nearby. You can help support them. Maybe they've lost loved ones. You can be someone who can stand in that gap and represent God to them. As we bring things to a close, I want to get the worship team up to give people a sense of hope that we are finishing today. That'd be wonderful. 
Yeah, I'm just aware that uh, God has chosen us. He's put in us everything that we need uh, to parent our children. And sometimes we can just feel like, you know, oh, th this is too big. This is too difficult. But actually, the truth is that God has equipped us with everything that we need for this journey. And we can turn to him. We can pray. We can bring things before him. And uh, he can help us in this. I wonder if um, if we could stand just so we bring things to an end. Lottie, I wonder if you could read that passage from Deuteronomy 6. I, I love this passage. It's about making our life, our everyday life, an example to those around us. And it's so everyday practical. Um, if you could just read those last few verses yeah, and I'll course. pray for us. And then yeah, we'll hand absolutely. over to Jim and the team. Yes, yeah, so this is Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving to you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're in bed and when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Amazing. Remember, one of our houses, we were worried that we had nothing in our house that told anybody we were Christians. And Lottie felt a little uncomfortable. There were no footprint poems in the toilet. There were no praying hands on the mantelpiece. And so Lottie took this verse very literally and actually wrote on our door of our house verses all over the... But do you remember this back of our door? I do. I, do. I wrote verses and song lyrics and... Yeah, I do remember that. She wrote all the back. And I would encourage you to, to make your home a place where you talk about your faith on an everyday basis, where you talk to your children, you're walking along, make it a normal everyday thing. It was fun. Last year I was talking to Chris and Lizzie, and they were saying that they use the church Spotify playlist that Jim's put together. And they stick it on the car so the kids listen to all the songs they're going to sing on Sunday so they can work out their best dance moves. I think that's what it is, ready for Sunday morning. But let's just pray, shall we, and just ask God to help us in response to this. Lord God, thank you that you are a perfect Father. That you give each one of us good things. You want the best for us. That you see us as like your children. That you care about every detail of our lives, every hair on our heads. Lord, if we don't know you as Father, Lord, I pray we'd find a way to reconnect back to you this morning. To find a way to call you Father once again. Lord, may we be like your children that look to you like your son Jesus looked to you that we'd only do what we see our father God doing for more information about Freedom Church please go to www.freedomchurch.uk thank you for listening